Welcome back to Atrium Talks. Hi, Deepa. Hi, Bhagwan. Today, we are going to be talking about excellence for organizations. Last time, we talked about excellence for individuals. That's right. But for organizations, what does that mean? Equivalence of habits is culture for organizations, is it? So, culture is a term that is thrown around. Much bandied. Much bandied, and it means different things. So, tell us more specifically. What is it that we are talking about when you talk about organization culture? I think a working definition is that it reflects how a company honors its mission mm-hmm. and it refers to the set of shared values and beliefs that employees in an organization hold. It's the invisible hand in decision making, right? So, uh, but what I find interesting Bhagwan is that culture is often defined in terms of outputs uh-huh. like integrity passion teamwork and collaboration or some such but i think it's worthwhile to think about culture in terms of the inputs that achieve or lead to those outputs right as an instrument that you wield in your organization to drive and scale excellence so the advantage of that is because that will give us some actual implementable levers to change the culture of that place yes absolutely so tell us about these inputs I think the very first is how are you motivating your employees to come on board the cause that you seek to scale the vision that you seek to scale uh, a culture and also work from home does not work without effective performance management and review systems you need these performance management and review so those costs that go away are offset by these costs that you need to uh, bring in is it working on it's average working. so i know Bloom has done some work. The study by Bloom is actually pre-pandemic where he does find an improvement in uh, productivity of work from home employees but keep in mind that the home office environment selection there was, was there yeah so it was right. chosen and to be where it was likely to work the most correct and the sample came to office once or twice a week this is different now so what does the evidence say now so now there's mixed evidence at best and there's little you know causal studies of productivity improvements how action that you can forge with the second one and i think that's what changing beliefs is about similarly in this book called scaling excellence the authors talk about when you want people to adopt for instance wearing helmets you can have in a cyclist who's yeah. suffered the perils of not wearing it uh, talk about maybe a near death experience or some such which you know then it, people in the room form a connection with that story and then that motivates change in behavior so it's not just a statistic that so many people die without helmet but you actually have a person come yes, in yes. and tell his or her yes, story yes you know the recent talk on purpose driven leadership identify what's the deep purpose your employees have connected to your vision right so that's about beliefs and then behaviors following the second is about getting commitment to behaviors which will ultimately influence change in beliefs so you change behaviors first yes which in turn will force new beliefs correct fake okay. it fake it fake it till you make it Fake it till you make yes. it. Yes, okay. or you know, uh, affirmations are a great example of this, right? When you you affirm certain truths to yourself every day as a habit, 
it changes your self-perception and self-belief. Uh, even with the cyclists, right? Uh, what we talked about, you make wearing helmets something fashionable, you make it a habit, you no, can't see everybody. You can't see everybody and then somebody's audio goes off and you hear something in the yeah. background, it's a complete mess. Yeah. For the organization's point of view, can I summarize by saying that evidence is not super clear, super clear. but it might work in some cases. You may say that. Can I also add one important element to that, which is the organizational identity when people yeah. are working in their respective quartets or corners and they're working from home, then that identity is lost and therefore employee you're loyalty is muted. You're not as loyal, you're moonlighting, you're working on more than one job. You don't and you've identify. Heard evidence of that, right? Yes, indeed. But let's now switch and say from the point of view of employees. Hmm. More flexibility, hmm. do meetings from sitting on the party, <laughs> right? Work anytime. That looks like good news, isn't it? Yeah, for, that, for those reasons and more. It's also, <laughs> it saves you commute time. This is the whole notion of you're able to have a better work-life balance. So more choice. more choice. How can it be bad? Maybe not. If your job requires complementarities with other people, then requires collaboration, then don't do it. The second is actually the more interesting but persistent finding in the work from home research. There is a promotion penalty associated with ah, it. You're less likely to be promoted if you're working from home. Is it because you're not visible? Yes. Also keep in mind that what we talked about, high growth, innovation, yeah. all of that's happening on premise. It's happening in the office. And if you're not there, you're not rushing up the growth trajectory of the firm, then, you know, you're likely to be held back. But yes, there is. So there's this study again, the same study by Bloom, which finds that you're 50 percent less likely to be promoted over a two year period. 50 percent. That's a huge penalty. That's a huge. So I think if I'm an employee, I should say no if I was say, given the choice. Yeah, you should say no. I would say if you want to be a part of the growth trajectory, you want to be seen in the firm, then come to work. Come to work. Okay, let's talk about women. This is we good must for, talk good about for women. This. We must talk about women. Okay, we must talk about. This looks like good news for women because, you know, women have many other things to do. Flexibility gives them that chance to now work from home. So women actually have a double whammy, Bhagwan. So why you know, why double? What are the two things? One, to your point... I'm curious about why you think that. So they are indeed 50% more likely to uh, choose work from home when given the choice. Socialization to... tells me that I should do. Hmm. Plus, if you're going to the house, your mother will Social pressures. Social that pressure. lead, and there's also a socialized instinct. Let's also, you know, give them some burden of the choice, right? They make this choice. It's a preference, whatever it is. But there is a socialized instinct and there are social pressures. Yeah. So, that's not good for my growth. No, it's Even not. though the company may say it's okay, it's not. it's not so good for me. No, it's not. Because you are choosing to work from home while your male colleagues are out there. Uh, Meeting up, the like bosses, say, the doing the creative things and getting the next promotion. And, yes. and you will be left and behind. And you are held back because you're not visible and you're not there. The second is that... Uh, there is this very interesting uh, finance paper that we've talked about before, which is where women hedge fund managers, the returns on their portfolio were about 9% less, the normal returns on the male hedge fund manager's portfolio during the month of school closures yeah. in the early days of the pandemic. Yeah, so they weren't able to pay as much attention. Correct. Which means so that their they... their productivity is lower correct. as well. So they're, they're kind That's of... That's what you mean by the double whammy. You bear the burden of unpaid care work 
and that translates to more costs for you for paid work right so it's a double whammy so i would say if you're an employee if you're a woman employee and you're given that choice don't fall for it it's tempting but don't take it right? i would agree okay Plus, if you're an organization and you claim that you are for welfare, you want the women to become leaders, do not give them that choice. That seems counterintuitive. But that's what we are saying. If you give them the choice, they will fall into the trap. What we are concluding is that work for home may look attractive in the short term. Yeah. In the long term, it may not be such a great idea. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, let me also extend that organization part, which is I think that you also end up creating less diversity in, in your organization. Yes, right? indeed. So for that reason, indeed, organizations must either have a policy that cuts across and ask everybody to come in. Or, or if you have to ask, maybe ask only the women to come. Let the men stay at home and take care sure. of kids. How about that? Sure. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> On that note, we are going to stop. Thank you very much. are just static. The organization culture is dynamic. It keeps changing. The example you gave of Microsoft with Bill Gates, it was a computer in every home. And over time, it changed. And yes. in the daylight changed to empowering every individual. Yes. So yes. culture is a dynamic, evolving concept it's, that changes over time. Yes. It's a journey. It's not a destination. Right. It's a point in time construct. And as the business environment evolves, your culture, too, must evolve. Right. You you start early, but you adapt to an ever responsive uh, business environment. Thank you. Deepa. Thank you. Bye. -bye.